0: Turn down the lights. You're listening to somewhere in Dreamland.
1: (laughs) Welcome back, dreamers. I'm your host, Ken Mark, and you're listening to Somewhere in Dreamland. Be sure to check out the show on your favorite social media outlets and on the Dreamland website at www.dreamlandpodcast.weebly.com where you can listen to the show live, check out older episodes, get links to past guests, and find the Dreamland merch store. That's www.dreamlandpodcast.weebly.com. Coming up next week, Tuesday, May 24th, I'll be speaking with veteran paranormal investigator, author, remote viewer, and owner of UnX Media Publishing, Margie Kay, about a laundry list of the creepy and unusual. Then, on Tuesday, May 31st, I'll be joined by none other than 20-plus year MUFON chief investigator, Steve Hudgens, to discuss his case files and all of the strangeness going on in the skies. Tonight, my guest is Bobby J. Gallo. Since he was a young child, Bobby has been interested in all things weird. A modern-day Renaissance man, Bobby is a world-class professional magician who has toured the country performing for colleges, resorts, trade shows, and television audiences. Along with this, he's a published author, speaker, networking leader, corporate trainer, web series producer, musician, and co-creator and headmaster of the International Conservatory of Magic. That's the world's largest online school for magicians. Bobby began his paranormal investigations in the early 90s. Years later, his wife Renee and daughters Nicolette and Courtney would join him to form the Gallo family Ghost Hunters. And together, they would quickly take the internet by storm. Hey, Bobby, how are you tonight?
0: I'm doing great, Ken. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to talk with you because I, I just by happenstance uh, was browsing the uh, I believe it was YouTube or Vimeo or something like that one day, and stumbled upon your your videos, your your web series and and things like that. It may even have been on Roku. Are you on Roku?
0: Uh, we are. In, in fact, we're probably on every major video platform: YouTube, Vimeo, as you mentioned. Uh, Daily Motion Rumble, and uh, they could all be accessed uh, through Roku. So you probably did see see us on there. Yeah,
1: I I, man, I'll tell you what, man it 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 was something that I'd never seen before because you're out there with your family, your daughters and your wife, and you guys are you guys are doing it big, like 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 the guys on TV. And (laughs) yeah, and I'm like, wow, like that's that's awesome. That is really cool. And having a family like I do. I appreciate that, man. That's something awesome and a very good bonding experience with your family. And, uh, I'm sure that your, your kids really love that.
0: Well, they do, they do. And it, it's funny because we really started out, uh, pretty much out of curiosity, Uh My kids had not known that I was a paranormal investigator since 1990. And, you know, once I started a family, I stopped doing it. So it was wasn't something that was really mentioned. You know, I was just dad, basically. And uh, one one day, you know, this is about. Back in 2010, uh, we started watching this relatively new ghost show called Ghost Adventures, which I'm sure you've heard of. And my kids were completely enthralled by it. And we were watching it one day, and we were probably about 10 episodes in at the time. And I turned to them and I said, Hey, kids, you know, daddy used to do that too. And it was like the world completely stopped at that point. And it was like that moment in the movie Spy Kids where the kids go, my parents aren't cool enough to be spies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it, immediately they started asking me about it and they wanted to go ghost hunting. No fear, no hesitation at all. They wanted to do what they saw these guys on TV doing. And I was out of practice. You know, I, 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 I hadn't been doing it for years. I did it back in 1990. Um, it had some really compelling investigations but you know i stopped doing it once i started a family so i had to brush up on the equipment that was being used nowadays and i thought it would just be cool to get one picture one evp you know with the family how cool would that be well it turned out that we ended up getting incredible amounts of evidence you know uh, enough that was actually rivaling these people on tv and, and um and that's pretty much how it started
1: that's awesome man that is really awesome now you did mention my least favorite, and I know I'm a weirdo. That's my least favorite show, only because, like, I want to fight Zach. Like, I want to fight that guy. I can't stand him, and everybody knows it. And you know, there's, I just, you know, what I don't like, Bobby. I don't like the, I don't like the poking and the 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 way that they, um, try to, you know. The guy tried to fist fight a ghost. You know what I mean. I hate that.
0: Yes, yes, and and I talk about that in Family Spirits, and I even talk about it in in our, the book that's actually going to be published in the next few months called Family Spirits Two, that you shouldn't antagonize spirits, and I understand that completely. Um, you know, back in the beginning, I, I have to confess that I was intrigued by these people, uh, because, uh, I just, I, I couldn't believe the evidence that they were getting. Well, it turned out that, you know, we ended up getting more than they did. But the thing is, uh, I don't agree with a lot of, uh, you know, his modus operandi either. I do, I do respect him for, Bringing, you know, the paranormal to the forefront of society like him and Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson. I mean, we we owe these guys a debt of gratitude. Sure. Um, But I will say, I mean, they were able to pull off something that I wasn't able to pull off. So, you know, I I do respect them for that, but I don't go about it the way they do.
1: Yeah, right. Right on. Um, Yeah, that's really the only thing I really I don't like about him. And I don't I tried to watch that. What is it? What's his new show called? Haunted. Haunted mansion or haunted museum or something like that. Yeah, that I, I don't like that one, ever. man. I I, no. I literally no. almost vomited. It was so cheesy and put on. And at the one point, they went and seen Robert the doll, and right <laughs> that old guy that was with him like touches the doll, and it's like, okay, that wasn't planned out. Come on now,
0: you know, <laughs> like it, it was really cheesy. Yeah. I, I I agree, and I mean we're really you know we're in this industry for real tangible evidence, and sometimes you go over the top and you become too Hollywood, and I think that's where they are pretty much at this point. I mean, of all the ones that I do see on TV. Uh, You know, I'm with you. That's probably lower on my list. And I really do take aim at a lot of these shows in my upcoming book because I think they really have lost sight of the true purpose of the paranormal and what we should really be doing.
1: I do, too, because, you know, that, you know, you, me, we have different ways going going about it. But uh, we, we both want the same thing. And my objective is to get the information out there. Somebody's having a problem, connect people, that type of thing. And yours is, you know, going and finding the stuff and, and pretty mm-hmm. much doing the same thing. But, uh, you know, there comes a point where, you know, when you blow up like that and it just makes you wonder how much of this stuff is, is really nonsense. You know, how much of this that we're seeing isn't something going on behind the scenes? And it just, it really makes me wonder, which brings me to my point. Uh, one of the reasons I really enjoy your web series and you, your your videos is that you guys don't always get something. And that says a lot to me. And it's not always, uh, I won't say it's not always entertaining because it is. I enjoy watching you you and your family interact. Um, I will say that, you know, you guys don't always come home with a load of, load of, uh, you know, evidence, you know, like uh, you, you don't. Right. And And I appreciate those episodes because, I sit and watch that and I go, you know, these guys are doing it right because they're showing you that every time you go out, I think there's people that that sit and watch these shows and say, I want to be a paranormal investigator. And then they go out once or twice and they don't get any evidence and that's it. You know?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I really do appreciate you pointing that out because I, I've done that for a reason. I wanted to basically put it all out there so that people can get the whole scope of things. Um, Like I tell people that are, you know, uh, looking at our web series, you know, some of the uh, episodes will blow you away, but some of them are boring. And the reason that is, is exactly what you said. They have to realize that you're not always going to get everything. I mean, you know, even the episodes that are not as compelling as, you know, maybe the uh, the hidden grave of Thomas Sprott, which is arguably our best episode. Um, they're still good because you're you're seeing locations, very interesting locations. Um, uh, you, you know, we're trying new techniques. Uh, again, you're seeing the interaction of the family. Uh, so, yeah, some episodes are better than others. But, there, you know, I do put them all out there and I do that for a reason, which you you really express perfectly.
1: Awesome. You know, I'm going to start this movement where I'm going to stop calling it ghost hunting and I want to start calling it ghost fishing because it's more like fishing than it is hunting. You know, you go out to fish and sometimes you just appreciate the lake and you appreciate the, you know, nature. And it's kind of the same thing with ghost hunting. Sometimes you, well, I guess it's the same for regular hunting too. I'm just not much of a hunter,
0: you know? Right, right. And, And a lot of people don't like that term. Um... But, I mean, it's the term that has become commonly associated with what we do and primarily because of the, the television show of the same name. Um, and even though uh, we coined the name Gallo Family Ghost Hunters, I even have a disclaimer in my book that has no affiliation with the, with the television show. But it has been uh, – it uh, it's become part of the modern lexicon for what we do. So, I mean, that's kind of like what we do, but yes, we don't hunt ghosts in the literal sense. We don't try to harm them, which is why I tag all of my videos with the, with the comedic line. No ghosts were harmed during the filming of this video. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. I do want to get back to terms. Like, cause I, I have a couple of questions after reading your book, which, which, um, the second book was terrific. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read all the way through the first one yet, but I did start that a while back um, and almost completing the second book. It's it's really fantastic, man. You, you do a really nice job at kind of laying it out there in, in simple terms. And that's what I'm about. You know, like uh, this guy gets it. He, he's speaking to the people.
0: Well, that's what I try to do. And and. You know, the first book was basically published because we kind of had a pretty substantial following because we've been, we we actually started doing a paranormal web series when you could count the number of people doing paranormal web series on one hand. And if you look across the landscape now, if you go to YouTube, you'll see literally thousands. And, uh, you know, when we started, There was literally nobody else doing it. In fact, there was an emerging uh, paranormal television station called GTN, Ghost Tales Network, who was basically begging to uh, let us uh, – they were begging me to let them run our videos on their on their network because there was nobody else doing it, and they ended up giving us like a Saturday night slot. It was it was actually pretty cool at the time. I think that lasted one and a half to two years, and then it folded up. But it was a decent experience. But now, if you look across the landscape, you'll see literally thousands of them doing it. And um, but we we developed a following through that web series, and. Years later, there was. I said. I said to myself, there was so much that happened during these investigations that you don't see on the web series. You know, what was the car ride like on the way home? What were some of the more frightening experiences? Uh, what were some of the great experiences that that you just don't see on the on the web series? So I floated it out there on social media. If I wrote a paranormal book. Would you read it? And there was just a, such an overwhelming response, positive response that um, I decided to do it. And it was crazy because it was and I know this is a little bit crude, but I call it I called it mental diarrhea. It was like it all came out and I ended up writing this 300 page book in about three months. Wow. And yeah, it was crazy. And it ended up hitting number three on Amazon in the adventure travel category and did very well. We actually sold more copies overseas than we did here in the, in the U S because we have a huge uh, following in England of all places. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We still haven't gotten over there, but we we had all kinds of invites to haunted castles and all kinds of things. And, uh, but it's, it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. And, um, uh, you know, my, my kids still don't own it. Like I wish they would, because, you know, sometimes we go to book signings and people are lined up to get, get their autograph on the book and they're very uncomfortable with it. Um, they actually don't like it. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, they're, they're pretty humble when it comes to, comes to all of this stuff. Well,
1: I mean, that's not, that's not a bad thing, but. Um, no, not. no, I get what you're saying. So I want to go back to the beginning, uh, for you and, I want to know just your, well, first of all, you're a professional magician, which is really, really awesome. Um, So how did you get interested in magic and the supernatural and weird stuff? What, what, what sucked you in?
0: Well, when I was a kid, I was into magic. You know, I I watched laughing, which was an old comedy show. And uh, there was a sketch they were doing where Walter Winchell and Ruth Buzzy. She wanted to be he was a magician. She wanted to be part of his act. And he snapped his fingers and turned her into a rabbit. And as a kid, I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. It was just a camera trick, but I thought he really did it. And I said, oh, my gosh, I want to be a magician. And I ended up getting a couple books on magic. And I and I just I down the rabbit hole. I went and I just got Hooked on it. And I started doing it more and more and more. Um, You know, uh, some local newspapers ended up doing some articles on me. And after I got out of high school, I started doing it as a semi professional. And before I knew it, I was actually doing it as a full time professional. And uh, I ended up touring all over the uh, United States, doing cruise ships and trade shows. And then I started you know uh you know you know magic and the paranormal have always been very closely related because harry houdini um half of his act was debunking fraudulent spiritualists in the victorian era yeah he was
1: very and big he was very big against the spiritualist movement
0: yes but you see now i came from a total opposite viewpoint see i believed in ghosts so i said i wonder if there's a way i can parlay being a magician with actually proving that ghosts exist rather than disproving spiritualists. And I actually did because I said, you know what? I could look at these paranormal shows with a critical eye and I could see if they're falsifying evidence. And I've caught a lot of them on a lot of shows, which I'm I talk about in my second book. And, um, uh, you know, so I, I did. I I, I kind of took the opposite approach. And Fiona Broom, who's a very, very famous paranormal investigator and author, she did the forward to Family Spirits. Um, she, I, I loved her quote when she said um, that when she sees our web series, this ghost hunting how it really is, and that as a magician, um, I can really spot. You know, fraudulent evidence with the with the you know trained eye of one who's schooled in the fine art of misdirection. So that's where it kind of melds together for me. Whereas Houdini said, "Well, these these spiritualists are fraudulent because the floating trumpets are just suspended by wires." You know, I kind of use it to say, "Well, if I see evidence, I could spot if it was fraudulent, but I could also I could also tell." if there's no explanation for it if, if that makes sense i could look at it and say there is no logical explanation and coming from a magician i could tell you that this is probably valid paranormal evidence so that's the that's the angle that i take yeah i like it man i like it
1: so was it a natural transition then would you say from magic
0: and and everything to uh into the paranormal realm only in the sense that it, it made it a lot easier to produce a web series because I had been in the entertainment business for a very, very long time. So it was a natural progression for me to take, you know, our adventures and actually make it into a web series. Um, uh, you know, in that sense, I think it, it, it made a lot of sense as far as, you know, being a magician, who's a ghost hunter. Um, in some some Sometimes that's a detriment because I have people saying, "Well, you're a magician. You're just faking all this stuff." And I'm like, "No, you're not getting this." Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the opposite approach, but um I would say that uh the biggest benefit has been being able to take the investigations and actually making them into a uh you know, an art form, so to speak.
1: Okay? Yeah, great answer, man. So I believe that nearly everyone in this field and everyone that, that has walked the earth has had a paranormal experience or two, whether they allow themselves to admit it or not, or yep. they don't recognize it. I believe that they have. What was the factor that changed it all for you and made you decide to jump in and, and start doing this?
0: These, these are very, very good questions because it's actually uh, threefold. The first one was, um, the very first investigation that I did back in 1990 um, in the Old Palace Theater in Nekong, New Jersey, which was actually built by my great uncles. Um, I had wind that it, got, it was haunted and I wanted to go and investigate it. So me and some friends got together who were also interested in the paranormal. And that's when we did our first investigations. Um, but after that, I had... Drifted away from the paranormal for some years. You know, I became a professional magician. I raised a family. But then something really profound happened. And I didn't even talk about this in my first book, Family Spirits, but I do talk about it in the second book because the first book, the time, it was very personal. The timing just wasn't right, but now I think it is. Um, I was actually living in the South. I was five states away from New Jersey at the time where my sister in law was living. And she had sat for a reading with A psychic medium. And my father, who had passed away in 1983, he passed away from pancreatic cancer and it was a very horrible death. And for years and years and years after that, I was having dreams that he was still in his cancerous emaciated state. Um, and I couldn't shake these dreams. You know, I was considering going for therapy. I didn't, you know, but I never told anybody about these things. I was pretty much just suffering with these visions myself. Well, it turns out that. One day I'm down south and I get a call to my sister-in-law Jill. And she said, "Bobby," she goes, "I I have something that I need to tell you." And I said, "What?" She goes, "I sat for a reading with a medium." I said, "Okay, that's pretty cool." I said, "But why are you calling me about this?" She goes, "Well, right during the meeting, a uh, right during the reading, a spirit came through. And the medium asked me if I knew a person by the name of Vince. And she goes, Well, yeah, that's that was my father in law who passed away. And she, and, and this, and the medium goes, This Vince needs to get a message to Bobby. Do you know a Bobby? Oh, wow. And my, yeah, no, this is all true. And my sister in law goes, That's my brother in law. Yes, he. He needs you to tell Bobby he doesn't look like that anymore. Tell him that he I'm young again
1: wow that is definitely profound man that is crazy how did My, that how did that make you feel like right there like you were probably had you probably had so many mixed emotions going on with it that it wasn't stunned.
0: fun first of all, I immediately got it I immediately understood it stunned shock my heart was in my throat i couldn't breathe i you know it was beyond there's no there's nothing in this world that could have made that possible unless unless it was real and i i was omg now that was it i had to find out how this could have been possible yes i had done paranormal investigation years and years earlier But now we're, we're, we're playing on a whole new, a whole new level. Yeah. I said, this is unbelievable. And I didn't even know who this woman was. This medium was until years later. And she, I actually interviewed her for my second book. And, um, she didn't even know the backstory of the reading that she relayed. When I gave her the backstory, she was almost as blown away as I was. Oh, wow. But she's the real deal. She's a psychic medium for police departments, you know, that helps solve murder mysteries, you know, and all all this other stuff. I mean, she's probably one of the best psychics, uh, you know, in the country. But she also proved to me that real credible psychic mediums are out there. So that was the second thing that got me into the paranormal. The third thing was that um, story that I related to with my kids. So it was kind of like a trifecta of things that really just pulled me into this, this field.
1: The perfect storm. Right. Yep. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I think you're right about there are real legit psychic mediums out there um that that really, really zero in on stuff and and know what they're doing. Um and I, I've talked to a few myself and it's really it's really crazy the things that they they can do, you know, it, it blows me away. <sighs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and as far as I know, from what they've told me, you know, everybody has this ability to a greater or lesser extent, but you touched upon it just a few minutes ago, when you say that people block it out, people have these experiences, but they write it off as coincidence or, you know, uh, a trick of the light or trick of the mind. But the reality is you know, people. Everybody does have this ability to a greater or lesser extent. In fact, I say in my 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 new book that you know we call you know all of these people that believed in, in ghosts and, and 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 things of that nature in in the you know back in the days, so to speak. We call them superstitious. They weren't superstitious. They were just less distracted they were able to experience these things. It was a reality to them because they knew what was real. But now in a day of computers and cell phones and, and, you know, cars and, and you name it, we are so distracted that these things happen to us and we, we just brush them off.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess my next question is the, the first book, Family Spirits, it was it was well-received and had great reviews. And that's pretty much, that's a really, really hard mountain to climb, man, a hard target to beat. So what was the motivation for this second book, and how is it different from the first?
0: Great question. Well, the second book, it was pretty much born when we were doing the Paracons. And we're sitting there writing autographs and we're signing the books. And I had some people come up to the booth that had already purchased the first book. And they said, Have you written a second one? I already, you know, read your first one. And I said, Yeah. I said, I I would like to write a second one. I said, But the, you know, and even though we've had some really stunning and compelling investigations since the publication of the first book. I really wouldn't know what what to write for the central theme because in Family Spirits, the whole first half of the book is a paranormal primer, and the reason I had to write it that way is because most of our fan base that was watching our web series, uh, they didn't know our terminology. You know, you know, us in the paranormal industry, we have our own lingo. You know, EVP, AVP, you know, all these things that they they don't know what these things are. So. I had to write a paranormal primer so people would understand the industry before I could go into our investigations in the second half of the book. Well, in the second book, I have our continuing investigations, but what do I write for the first half because I already blew everything I knew in the first book, but my wife had the answer. She knew immediately what it should be. She said, we need to write about why we're doing this. What's the purpose of why we're doing this? And when she said that, not only did it make sense as it pertains to us, but then I looked across the landscape and I saw what these people are doing on YouTube and even the network TV shows. And they're really straying from what I feel the purpose of the paranormal should be or what we, you know, the whole team, how we feel. And, you know, a lot of people are going, you know, pure sensationalism you know, on these, on these, on these web series, you know, people are going, Oh, a demon tried to lock me in a crypt. And how can I get more subs and views and clicks? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just become a business instead yep. of a way to seek answers to the afterlife. So that's the purpose of the second book. That's why the subtitle is family spirits to purpose and the paranormal. And I was really lucky to get some really Uh, incredible luminaries in the paranormal field to do interviews with for the second book. I have an ordained exorcist I have an archbishop in the Catholic Church. I have Brian Kano from the television's Haunted Collector and Paranormal Cone on Camera. So I got my parapsych. I got Sylvia Rossi, who is the psychic medium who relayed that life-changing message to me, and Kevin Kincaid, who's a Hollywood actor. He plays the bad guys in countless movies, but he's also a psychic medium. Um, these people are going to blow your mind in the second book, and they all discuss the purpose as it relates to the paranormal all coming from a different perspective
1: yeah that's pretty awesome i that is one thing that that i've appreciated with the book is you have multiple angles to everything and it really what it does to me is it shows me your passion for the paranormal uh and your understanding for it as well and i appreciate that
0: thank you well I really do appreciate you saying that because I take it very seriously. Look, you know, I'm not, I'm not in this for, you know, the fame and the glory and things like that, because we've, we actually had a couple opportunities for that. And we decided not to go forward with that for a number of reasons. You know, I wanted the kids to go to college to get, you know, real education. And, um, but, you know, we, we've had, you know, television opportunities, but, that's not why we're doing this. you know the paranormal serious. you know my my wife thinks this is the next stage in human evolution and i agree with her. we're trying to find the answers. people want to know what happens when we die. people want that assurance that there's an afterlife and they want to know what happens. and sometimes i feel that maybe we're not meant to know certain things but i think that you know human the you know the human species is now ready to start understanding this great mystery, because for the past 2,000 years, all of this was just taken on faith alone. Now we're getting proof. And I think it's a pretty amazing time to be alive, honestly, to be on the very cusp of actually proving the afterlife exists.
1: Yeah, pioneering it pretty much.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I want to I talk about your team for a minute here. Um, so every team Puts their aces in their places, so to speak. Uh, If it's a, be it a ghost hunting team or a sports team or whatever. So give me the rundown of your team and how they fit in on your roster, man.
0: Well, they all fit in because they're my family. (laughs) (laughs) But um, all kidding aside, uh, I will say right off the bat that all, you know, Renee, my wife, uh, and Nikki G, my oldest, and Courtney, my youngest, they are all more talented than I am when it comes to paranormal investigation by far. Me, I am Mr. Showbiz. Uh, I was the magician, I was the entertainer, I was the one who puts together the the, the web series. I'm kind of like the ringmaster, and I'm the one who, you know, uh, pretty much teaches them how to use the equipment. But as far as, far as actual psychic talent is concerned, they blow me away. Renee is, um, she's absolutely intuitive. She could work the dowsing rods like no one you've ever seen. Um, when I got her, her first set, it was like she was using them her entire life. She could communicate, she could establish rapport with spirits using them. And, um, she's just, she's just amazing to behold, you know, uh, you know, some of our Episodes, Flowers for Emma is a great episode where you could really just see her, uh, you know, talking to, uh, you know, a a 19th century Southern socialite through these rods and just having an amazing conversation. Um, Nikki G, my oldest, she's an empath. She can sense emotions in both the living and especially the dead. And um, she could she could tell. You know, if it's, uh, you know, a benevolent spirit or if it's, um, you know, an earthbound that um, maybe isn't so nice, if, if you will. And we've run into a, a number of those. Um, and she's also the one that has a knack for capturing the best paranormal evidence on camera. Um, Courtney, my youngest, she's fearless. She can see orbs with the naked eye. And she has pointed to orbs. That we can't see, and we turn the cameras, whether it be video or still, into the direction she's pointing, and we capture the orb on um, still, or we've actually have them on video. One time during a, 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 an investigation of a haunted theater, she said, "Daddy, there's an orb dancing on the stairs." I swung the video around, and when we did evidence review, and you can see this on our web series. There's the there's the orb dancing on the stairs.
1: Interesting. That is really that is really interesting. Now being a professional magician though you I feel like you're count, counting yourself out out of the team a little bit because <laughs> you have to have like you know that 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 skill or talent requires you know sleight of hand and attention to detail right Yes so this has to help you on an investigation and it has to help you debunk some of the evidence when you're reviewing it right
0: Yes. And we throw out a lot. I mean, we, we've thrown out a lot of evidence and some of the stuff I didn't even want to throw out, but you know, the rest of the team is like, no, nah. but here's the thing. We, we, we get so much genuine stuff that we don't need this, this, this other stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, no, it, it does help me. It, it helps me use the equipment and, and, and be able to record these investigations on camera. Um, very precisely, so that we can capture the evidence. And so, I, I don't cap, count myself out. Uh, I don't count myself out in that regard. But I will say this: there's a lot of times I go out on solo investigations. Either the rest of the family's not available, or I have the time, or I'm in my car and I pass somewhere and I said, "Oh, I got to stop and investigate this place." And I always keep some equipment in my car. I never get as much evidence on my own as I do when the family is with me.
1: Yeah, it's it's your energy as a family, I think, that's yeah. maybe draws yeah. them in. Because energy is a lot, I believe, in the spirit world, in the paranormal realm. I believe that it's 90% about energy and what energy you bring and your intent and everything else. And, uh, yeah,
0: maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree.
1: So in your book, in the second book, you write that you believe there's a clear difference between a ghost hunter, and a paranormal investigator. So what what is the exact difference?
0: There is actually a difference. Um, uh, even though if you watch the, the, the television shows, they'll say they're all paranormal investigators. But ghost hunters take the approach. What they basically do is they try to gather as much evidence as they can on an investigation and fit it all together like a puzzle to prove the existence of, of the evidence, um, for instance, you know, they'll capture an orb in the same place that they get a great EVP in a, in a uh, in a location that has already has had uh, you know experience of experiences of being haunted. A paranormal investigator does something that's completely opposite. They try to debunk everything. They actually make it their mission to find a natural explanation for anything you capture. The problem with that approach is if you try hard enough, you're always going to be able to think of a debug for something. Um, and, and I've seen so much good evidence thrown out that way. For instance, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the orb thing again. You know, Paranormal uh, investigators will say that all orbs that are taken on a camera are uh, caused by something called backscatter, which basically works like this. you know, A little piece of dust is a couple inches from the camera lens. When the flash goes off, it reflects off of the airborne particulate, goes back to the lens, resulting in the image of an orb. Now, they've now used that as a blanket debunk for anything orb-related. So now you can't even present an orb that can possibly be paranormal now they automatically debunk it with this um, with this theory and you know a lot of orb researchers including nasa scientists are now coming around saying that not all orbs are caused by this backscatter some maybe but not all and um, but it's very very hard to say this to a lot of people that are dead set against debunking everything. So that's basically the difference. A ghost hunter will try to find a reason why a piece of evidence is paranormal. A paranormal investigator will just try to debunk everything no matter what it is.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've I've seen some pretty intelligent acting orbs myself and I I would call BS on on some of it. You know, not all of it. Some of it is clearly not Right, you know what I mean? But there are there, some out there that I'm like, okay, like that thing is acting really strange, you know?
0: Well, here's the thing. Think about it. Okay, if a piece of dust can make an orb-like anomaly, a round artifact in a picture, and a droplet of moisture can do the exact same thing and looks very similar, and an insect can also do it and look very similar, and lens flare can also do it and look very similar. Now you have four different things that all look like an orb, but yet each one is entirely different. So now why can't you put a spirit in there? If if if, if pollen, moisture, bugs, lens flare can all look like an orb, then why can't a spirit also look like an orb?
1: Right, not to mention that a lot of investigators and researchers believe that, you know, sometimes these spirits are, are using the natural environment to, to draw energy or to, to come about. And I think that, that that's a real thing,
0: man. Well, you can you can absolutely spot the difference between a paranormal orb and one that's caused by a natural uh, airborne particulate. What I would do is I would point anybody who's interested in this subject to a book by Klaus Heinemann, PhD, called The Orb Project. Uh, this guy's a NASA scientist, as smart as they come, and he's a believer now in paranormal orbs. He also just wrote a book recently called Phenomena, which also addresses orbs, and he's just... It's just amazing. You'll you won't look at them the same way after you read these books.
1: I'm gonna have to check them out, man. Thank you for that. Absolutely. So, we talked about ghost hunters and paranormal investigators. Now, what's the difference between those two and a paranormal researcher?
0: Well, Brian Cano in my new book will tell you that a, a researcher is basically. Um, A paranormal uh, investigator or ghost hunter, that just takes it to the next level. The authors, those who um, uh, have groups that uh, study specific phenomenon, um, it's basically a ghost hunter that has gone past the level of hobbyist and is now really trying to contribute something to the, uh, you know, to the the paranormal field, the parapsychology field, and things of that nature.
1: I like it. I like it. So what types of equipment do the Gallo family ghost hunters use?
0: Well, it's it's funny you should mention that as well, because, you know, when we started, we were using, you know, your standard EMF detectors, um, infrared cameras, digital uh, digital voice recorders for EVP, and as time went on, we started getting newer equipment and different types of equipment. We now find ourselves going back to the original equipment because it just seems like it works better. Um, so that being said, we do use a lot of the classic equipment. Um, we do use the EMF detectors. We do use the infrared cameras. We do use the digital uh, voice recorders. I, I Recently, from Gary Golka, I did get um, an IR, a uh, uh, thermal detector, crosshair detector, which actually looks like a professional version of a ghost radar. But instead of using EMF, it uses thermal anomaly uh, anomalies on a grid that almost looks like a radar screen. So you can actually track hot and cold spots in a haunted location.
1: Well, oh, that's pretty cool. How about that it comes is. in handy?
0: Yeah. It's really good because, you know, we were actually trained by Dr. Harry Stafford. And, and, you know, God rest his soul, he's passed, but he was one of the best in the business in uh, in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, One of his biggest um, pieces of equipment was your standard uh, thermal gun. So he taught us in the proper ways to use that and detect paranormal anomaly using temperature fluctuation. So this, this new piece of equipment actually just makes it easier for us to get more precise readings.
1: Okay.
0: And, you know, Gary Galka, you know, he, he invented the Melmeter, um, the sb seven spirit box. I mean, you know, he's anything he puts out is, is, is serious stuff. Yeah. He's got,
1: he's got some, some good equipment for sure that he's put out
0: absolutely so well you know he he's a man with a mission he he invents this so he can communicate with his deceased daughter um so he's he's a man on a mission you know he's 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 looking for that ultimate piece of equipment that's going to bridge the gap
1: didn't he originally name like his first piece of equipment after her or something like that
0: yes the melmeter okay her name was melissa yeah so he named the melmeter after her um but he's an electronics genius I mean, this guy's no joke. I mean, that's why I like using his equipment because it's not a toy. It's a serious, this was invented with the serious purpose of um, bridging the gap between the here and the hereafter.
1: All right. So big question. Are you ready? Yep. I think I already know the answer to it, but I want to. I want to see. I want to test myself. <laughs> Let's say that I had a haunted piece of property somewhere. And I wanted you guys to come out and do an investigation, but I'm only going to let you bring one piece of equipment. What would it be?
0: Well, it's going to have to be my Sony Handycam with night vision because, first of all, unless you videotape or record the investigation, you have nothing but a good ghost story. You have to have video documentation. That's number 1. Number 2 is that has probably one of the best thermal uh night vision capabilities of any camera I've ever used. Number 3 is we've actually caught EVP through the microphone of that camera. There we go. So, by by taking that one piece, I not only get video, but I could also get EVP.
1: Okay, that's what that's kind of what I thought. Like most of the time it's a, it's a digital recorder, but that sounds like the The best, uh, yeah, man, that's a smart move. I like it. So does your team investigate well-known locations or locations that are lesser known and, and why?
0: Well, we have done both, but I will tell you that the places where we have gotten the most evidence are places you've never heard of, uh, places that we've investigated on a hunch. Um, And ended up being some of the most haunted places that we've, we've ever done. Um, That being said, you know, we've gone to like Kings mountain battlefield in North Carolina and we have, um, we've caught the famous, uh, galloping phantom uh, horseman twice. Uh, You know, uh, and believe it or not, it was through the video camera and um, we've, 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 We've done St. Augustine, the Castillo de San Marcos, and a lot of uh, very famous locations. But it's almost small, forgotten little cemeteries where we just get the mind-blowing evidence, uh, where we've gotten the full-body operations, where we've gotten these incredible communications and EVPs that will blow your mind. And I think it's because these, these locations never see people. And the earthbounds that are there or the spirits that need to communicate or, you know, let their story be told, they're eager. They're eager to communicate and they do what it takes to communicate with you. I think a lot of these um, more famous locations, the energy is so sucked out of them by all of these investigators that people hardly get anything anymore.
1: Plus, I think the bigger the bigger named places usually have more traffic and there you have a better chance of contaminating evidence and uh people even tampering with you sometimes uh on accident or on purpose so yeah i agree so Absolutely. one of the coolest investigations that that i couldn't believe that i saw on there was uh was a uh, valley forge
0: <laughs> you're the second you're the second interviewer to mention that <laughs> really yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nobody does that. And it's it's a crazy nope. place.
0: Well, here's the thing about Valley Forge. You know, a lot of people don't think about it. But the bottom line is 2000 soldiers perished there uh, from starvation, disease um, uh, and exposure. And that that was not a pleasant way to go. And there are people. Uh, you know, the the shades of, of, of soldiers that still linger there. I mean, it does have a reputation for being haunted, but you don't really see a lot of people investigating it. So Renee and I actually went there and um, we weren't getting a whole lot of uh, activity until the very last location, which was the Virginia encampment, where then, you know, once we get battery drain, I know here it comes. Here it comes. It's coming. Um, and it does every time. Um, you know somebody there wanted wanted to uh wanted to communicate and also uh, got a great picture of them
1: yeah that's that's awesome man i i i thoroughly enjoyed that that one man that was that was really cool i i enjoyed it
0: that's awesome thank you so much i appreciate that
1: yeah so i want to ask you you know your your family they they all have a psychic ability or two and you know Sometimes the when we're out there, the dark, the darker forces like to take advantage of that sometimes and find a way in. How do you guys protect yourself when you're out there?
0: Okay, this is a very important question. It's not only a good question, it's a really important question. Because I will say right now, uh, full disclosure, in the beginning we were protecting ourselves as much as we should have and we ran into some trouble. That being said, today we do things a little bit differently. You know, people are going to protect themselves in different ways depending upon their spirituality. Um, so I could only give you what we do coming from our perspective because we're Roman Catholic. So we uh, we carry blessed medals of St. Benedict, which is the devil chasing medal, which has been used to repel dark forces for literally centuries. Um, you know, we also, you know, uh, it was funny because we were actually uh, in Salem, Massachusetts, and, and my kids were getting readings from a Salem witch. Now, this is not a Roman Catholic. This is a, a Wiccan. And she paused when she was reading Courtney, and her face just you know drained and got really flushed. She goes, you know, you're under the personal protection of St. Michael. Oh, wow. And yeah, that was crazy because here's a Wiccan who is not even Roman Catholic telling us, that my daughter is under the protection of this Catholic, or he's not Catholic per se, he's Christian, an archangel, but an archangel, whatever. Um, it just, it was such a weird situation, but I, I do feel that to be true because Courtney has been targeted many times. I have the EVPs to prove it, you know, when we would be going through um, some nasty locations and the EV comes through, said, come here, Courtney, it's clear as day um but she's never had any issues um my wife has had a few issues my oldest daughter has had a few issues and even I've had a few issues on occasions um with with attachments but um we don't have those issues today because we know what to do and we know how to protect ourselves. And we know uh, I have some cardinal rules that I always tell people on, on an investigation: never bring anything home from an investigation because you, you know spirits can attach themselves to objects. Um, don't antagonize. Um, be very clear when you're leaving an investigation that I'm going, you're staying. Uh, you know, when you're talking to the spirit, um, and I, I lay them all out in the books. Because protection is important, and you can't get in trouble if you don't know what you're doing.
1: Right. And I don't think that it's stressed enough. And I think there's quite a few investigators or new new age investigators out there that don't don't believe it or don't do it. And I, I just, I think it's a recipe for disaster.
0: Honestly, a lot of these people are walking around with detachments today, and they don't even know it. Yep. Um, you know they're having problems in their lives. They're um, either having health problems. You know it could be any number of things. Not realizing that it's an attachment they picked up from an investigation, but because they're not accepting that it's an attachment, they're not doing anything about it. So yes, it is. It is a thing, and people need to be aware of it. And in the second book, Family Spirits too, you'll hear almost all of my interview interviewees talk about it. So it is definitely a thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Not to mention the people that are that could possibly be walking around there who ne- who have never been on an investigation that have an attachment. I think there's quite a few of those out there too.
0: I totally agree with you. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's I think it's very pervasive in the world today, and I think that's probably one of the benefits of, of of what we do in the field is that we make people aware of these things. I think it's a really important thing. Yeah, I agree. In fact. In fact, in fact, that's the, one of the reasons the Catholic Church has lifted the moratorium on ghost hunting. Because, you know, for years they said you couldn't do this, but now they're saying you can because um in family spirits um I actually mentioned this, the Vatican has said it gets people thinking about the afterlife and they that's what they they want that because we're, we're you know, society's getting very very secular. And very materialistic. And they're getting away from the spiritual world. And the one thing that paranormal field does is it makes people aware of that world. And I think that could, that's a very beneficial thing.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. So what is one of the scariest moments that the Gallo family ghost hunters have had during an investigation?
0: Well, you know, believe it or not, it was uh, our second or third investigation where uh, through an EMF detector, uh, a spirit pretty much told us to get out of a cemetery. And it was not just the, EM, the EMF communication that was scary um, because it was very pronounced. It was like a very, literally, you know, the, we were, we were, we had a, a uh, a communication established where we were asking the spirit to ping once for yes, two for no on the EMF detector. And when I asked if it wanted us to leave, the thing nearly jumped out of our, my hand. And all of a sudden the entire atmosphere got extremely heavy and oppressive and the entire family felt it. And it was just one of those situations where you didn't really have to tell us twice. Yeah. We got out of there fast.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. You got to tr- trust your instincts when when you're out doing that because uh that's that's one of the most important things, your your ghost radar. You know, like your your well, it could be a ghost, it could be your energy radar, I would want to say, because it your body is is an electromagnetic thing, and it picks up yes. on things, you know?
0: It does. And if anybody wants to watch that, you could see it in real time, it's called "Ancient Spirit Desires Solitude," and uh, you could you could watch that on any of our our platforms, um, and you could see that you'll you'll see that you even court the only time Courtney ever gets got scared, you know. It's a, it, so it really uh, it was a pretty intense experience.
1: What's your favorite episode? What's the one <laughs> the episode?
0: Hidden? Oh yeah. I know that I know this one immediately because <laughs> when I'm at a paracon, it's the one that I play for people. Uh, it's called The Hidden Grave of Thomas Sprott. And the reason that's my favorite episode is because it has the best evidence in it. Um, it starts out with the only time I ever personally got scared, and that's how it starts. And then the episode culminates with um, our best piece of evidence, was, which was a full body apparition. That you could actually see forming in real time. So um, if anybody ever says, I I only just want to watch one episode, which one should I watch? That's always the one I point them to.
1: Okay. Where was that at? Where was that investigation again?
0: Well, that was in a small, privately owned um, plot a burial plot in um, South Carolina that I had permission to investigate because it was on private land. But I read up about it and it had a reputation for being haunted. So I actually went to the family, told them what I wanted to do, and they gave me permission to investigate it. And honestly, it was the investigation of a lifetime uh, because the evidence is so cut and dry and so clear that it's really hard to dispute it.
1: You see, I- Sometimes I interview people and they just make my job so easy like you just did because one of my (laughs) next, one of my next questions was, have you ever investigated in South Carolina? That's, that's where I'm at now. And, you know, it took, I I say it all the time. It took a bit of getting used to when I moved down here because everything's ghosts down here. Like there, there are so many, there are so many, you can walk, you know, a block down the road and you, you can see 20 haunted locations, you know? But it's a very old. I live right outside of Charleston, so it's
0: oh boy, yeah, it's
1: very old. You know, our porches are painted paint blue to keep the evil spirits out, and it's it's crazy, man. Like, but it's so so burnt into the culture down here that uh, it isn't funny, man. I mean, it's it's just people know it down here, and that's that. You know, you don't argue with them, and you don't talk about it.
0: Well, I believe them. I believe them, and and uh, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but I think it's because people back then were less distracted and they were just more aware of it. It's it's not that they were superstitious; it's that they knew. I mean, we know a lot of things now. Oh, well, we know this and we know that. Well, they knew ghosts existed, and they weren't any less intelligent than we are today.
1: Yeah, agreed, agreed. So let me ask you: Do you feel that the paranormal is all? intertwined and connected like I guess like whether it be cryptids or ghosts or aliens or interdimensional beings or psychics do you do you feel like it's all connected somehow
0: oh my gosh yes I mean I think well first of all everything that you mentioned cryptids uh cryptozoology UFOs and and ghosts and spirits those are everything is paranormal in the broad sense because you're dealing with the unknown, and the unknown is paranormal, or some people like to say supernormal. Um, so yes, it's all connected in that regard. Um, is Bigfoot supernatural? I don't know. Um, I never used to believe in Bigfoot until very recently when I saw some really compelling evidence. Now I'm on the fence, <laughs> but um. He's he's not necessarily supernatural, but he is paranormal. See, there's a quantitative difference there. Um, UFOs, same thing. Um, But I will tell you this. I think spirit, consciousness, mind, ghost, those are all different words for the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Yeah, I totally believe that your consciousness is your spirit. That's what, that's the intangible part of you that leaves the body at death. Those are definitely intertwined. In fact, I believe those are all the same thing.
1: Yeah, I do too. I I mean, there, there are so many, so many points, like when, when I'm looking into this stuff that, that they just seem so close, like so close to each other that, uh, even sometimes that you can get them confused for one another, you know, and right. it's, it's, it's really crazy to think about when you, when you dissect it all in, and, and look at it in, uh, you know, a paranormal, I was once told that, you know, a UFO researcher has a UFO lens and, and a, a ghost hunter has a ghost lens and, uh, you know, uh, a cryptozoologist has a cryptozoology lens, but, if if you guys all take those lenses and put them all together and line them up, you know, you guys are seeing maybe different forms of the same thing. And it's it's pretty neat to think about like that.
0: It, it is. It is. And and we all know that this is all coming to fruition. I mean, look at the, the U.S. government is now admitting that UFOs are real. I mean, who I never thought I would see that in my lifetime. And here we are. Uh, so, and, and, you know, just my evidence alone, my, I don't have to look at anybody else's evidence. My evidence alone is so compelling that I say to myself, well, if this isn't paranormal, then what the heck is it? Because something is here. So I just recorded this voice. Where did it come from? I just took a picture of this full body apparition. If that's not a full body apparition, then what's, What is it? What allowed me to take its picture? So, I mean, the evidence is there and we just need to understand it more.
1: Yep. Yep. I agree. So Bobby, what, what's next for you, man? What do, what do you guys got cooking next?
0: Well, right now, um, after the publication of the second book, we are really hyper focusing on doing as many paracons as we can. And, you know, a lot of people like, well, why are you doing the paracons? Well, Twofold. Number one is if we're going to publish these books, we, we want to get them out there. That's, that's number, that's kind of obvious yeah. and, um, you know, worthwhile goal. I mean, you, you don't want to sit on these things, but number two is, you know, I think it's kind of unfair to, the, the, to my family that, you know, we've been doing this from the very, very beginning, uh, before any of these people on YouTube were doing it. And, you know, only a year or two after these people started doing it on television and I really, I really feel that my family has not gotten the recognition that it deserves for being like pioneers of sorts in the field. So I kind of want to just make people aware of their contributions. And so that's that's really my goal right now: get the books out there, tell our story, and you know, see what happens.
1: Yeah, I like it, man. I like it. Um, when does the book, uh, the second bush? book, when does it drop? When does it release?
0: Well, it was supposed to have dropped on, it's supposed to be dropping on June 1st, but we had to push that back because we had an unexpected death in the family. And um, we had to pay for burial expenses. So that's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. That just happened very recently. And um, so we have to kind of like push that out a little bit because these books are hybrid published and if anybody knows what hybrid publishing is it's um it's a real publisher but you invest in your own project so to speak so it's not just them it's also you and them investing in the project so there is um there is a monetary basically we have skin in the games you know so to speak so we just have to get those funds up again to get that published
1: all right all right um in the meantime where can everybody find your book and uh, and all your investigations? Where's the best place to to do that or to get a hold of you? Maybe if they have a location, they want you guys to come check out.
0: Well, the, the beautiful thing about that question is, is we just got a link tree. And if you don't know what a link tree is, it's like now you have everything in your world on one URL. It's, am- so- it's amazing, isn't it? I love it. I love it. It's the greatest invention in the world. So if you want to get our book, Family Spirits, The Adventures and Evidence of Gallo Family Ghost Hunters, number three on Amazon in the adventure travel category, or you would like to watch our web series on Vimeo, or you would like our Twitter, Facebook, MeWe, uh, social media pages, everything can be found at ghosthunter.ws.
1: All right. Ghosthunter.ws. And, uh, so you got some Paracons coming up. Uh, the book will be yes. released soon. If you guys come down my way, man, let me know. And, uh, we'll, we'll go out and, uh, have a bourbon Absolutely. and a and a cigar somewhere.
0: Oh, you, you twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> but we will, uh. We're going to be at the Gettysburg uh, Battlefield Bash. We're going to be at Paracon, C-O-N-N, in Connecticut. We're also going to be at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut for the War and Seekers of the Supernatural Paracon. Um, And that's all upcoming this summer. So if anybody is going to any of those events, please look for our booth. Uh, we will be at all of those events. We're, we actually have a few more, but they're slipping my mind at the moment. But you can find out everything, even our schedules at ghosthunter.ws.
1: Awesome. Well, Bobby, I'd love to have you back on the show again sometime. And uh, maybe maybe, uh, maybe next time we can get some of your EVPs on here, we can find some of them and play them for the audience. That would be exciting.
0: I would absolutely love to do that. I could send you the files, uh, You know, whatever you want. That would be great.
1: Yeah. Sure. yeah, let's let's do it again, man, because I really enjoyed talking with you, man.
0: Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. And your questions were awesome.
1: Oh, thanks. I appreciate it, man. I'm getting I'm getting better. I'm getting better at it. So. All right, Bobby. Well, thank you again for your time. And uh, I appreciate you, man.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I really do appreciate it.